0: Welcome to the Whitewater Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of the message for church resources and more information about Whitewater. For now, let's dive into this week's message together. We have such a treat today. I'm so excited about this. We have a guest speaker who I really respect as pastors had a lot of influence in my life through his work, through his heart. And this is Pastor Rick Warren, author of The Purpose Driven Life. He's also the architect of The Peace Plan. And he's gonna be sharing some really, really good stuff that I think is so timely for today. But I wanted to let you know, there's a few things I just respect about Pastor Rick. The first thing is he, he loves people. He's the real deal. He just, he loves people. And his ministry has been marked by how he loves people really well. He's also a learner and I've I've been learning from his his identity as a learner. He learns from anybody and everybody. He's he's a humble guy. He's a smart guy. He's always reading, learning, learning from other people and that's something that I want to aspire to to be as a pastor. And then lastly, you know, he leads. He uses his influence. He stewards his influence to help others and you know he has a vision that's personal local but also global and so i love how he has an expansive vision for the kingdom of god and pulls anybody and everybody into it and so uh without further ado i want to hand this over to pastor rick
1: Now we come to James chapter four, the first 10 verses. Now first, I I decided this week I would just look up the word quarrel. So I typed it in for definition uh, in the internet and the first definition that came up was this. I thought it was pretty funny. A heated argument, a quarrel, is a heated argument typically about a trivial issue between two people who are usually on good terms. (laughs) Now, let me say that again. It's a heated argument typically about a trivial issue between people who are usually on good terms. Have you ever had a quarrel with your wife or your husband? Thousands of them, of course you have. Now, what's the difference between a fight and, and a quarrel? A fight can be physical, it can actually get physical, but a quarrel is always verbal. Now, let me read to you what James has to say about quarrels in James chapter 4, 1-10. to 10. Here's what he says. He gets right to the point. What causes quarrels and arguments with each other? He says, they come from the conflicting selfish desires that are always fighting inside you. You want things that you don't have, so you're ready to kill to get them, and you covet. You covet what other people have, but you can't get it, so you quarrel, and you get in fights. But you don't have because you don't ask God for it. And if you ask, you don't receive it because you ask with the wrong motivation. You only want what gives you pleasure. And then he says, you cheat on God when you have an affair with what the world values. To love what the world loves is to hate God and to be the enemy of God. This is what the scripture means when it says that God's spirit who lives inside of us is intensely jealous. He wants our exclusive love. That's why he gives us so much grace. Now, as the scripture says, God opposes the prideful, but he gives grace to the humble. So give yourselves completely to God, then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. So wash your hands of all your sins and purify your hearts of your double-minded living. Be sad and sorry and grieve over your actions and stop laughing at your sin and get serious about it. Because if you humble yourself before the Lord, he will lift you up. Now that passage is packed with enough material for about 10 messages. But we're gonna look at it from the angle of the very first question, what causes quarrels? And then the right after that, James gives us six or seven really good uh, steps on how to lower the number of arguments in your life, the number of quarrels in your life, the, uh, the number of, of fights, verbal fights in your life. Now he starts off right at the beginning, we say, what causes quarrels? And the answer, you saw it in that verse is, write this down, conflicting desires inside me. Conflicting desires inside me. James chapter four, verse one says this, What causes quarrels and arguments with each other? They come from the conflicting selfish desires that are always fighting inside you. Now, notice that God says your conflict and your quarrel and your arguments with others is really deeply rooted in the conflict going on inside you. It's not just out there with somebody else. It's there's a conflict going on in you. And he says, if you were really more at peace with yourself you'd be a whole lot more at peace with other people. And they would be less likely to hook you into an argument or a quarrel or a conflict. And so James says, if I wanna reduce conflict in my life, then I first need to reduce the internal conflict that's going on inside of me. of course, our biggest conflict is always with God. It's our selfish desires are in a war with what God wants for our lives. That's what Galatians says. In Galatians 5, 17, it says this. Our sinful desires want what is the opposite of God's spirit. And God's spirit wants what is contrary to our sinful desires. So the two are constantly fighting each other. So you cannot just do whatever you please. That's Galatians. You cannot just do whatever you please. Now, if you're taking notes I would encourage you to underline or circle that last phrase. You cannot just do whatever you please. You see, that's our conflict with God in a nutshell. It's the reason people rebel against God, it's the reason people reject God, it's the reason because everybody wants to do what they want to do, they wanna do as they please. Today, that's the number one value in our culture, do whatever you please. Okay, if it feels good, do it. Ignore God, ignore others, just do whatever you please. Now, he says that's the cause of the conflict, the internal conflict in you and you wanting to do whatever you please that when I do what I wanna do and you wanna do what you wanna do, there's gonna be sparks. But then in the next verse two to verse 10, James mentions uh, 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 some solutions. But first, he mentions some of these conflicting desires. In verse two, he says, you know, one of the conflicting desires we have is, I want more possessions. He said, that causes conflict. When I want more possessions, James four, verse two, you want things you don't have. That's called materialism. So you're ready to kill and get them. You know, I'd kill for that. And you covet what others have, but you can't get it. So you quarrel and you get into fights. He said, a lot of fights. People fight over land, people fight over cars, people fight over homes, people fight over jobs. There's all kinds of possessions people will fight over. They take each other to court all the time. I want more possessions. In the next verse, he says, I want more pleasure. And in verse three, James 4, 3 says, you only want what gives you pleasure. He says, that causes problem. When my pleasure interrupts your pleasure or vice versa, we got a conflict. You know, another universal desire that causes conflict is I want more power. I want more prestige. I want more popularity. Jesus said this about one group of people in John 12, 43. He said, they loved being praised by people more than being praised by God. That causes a lot of conflict today. When you care more about the approval of people than the approval of God, it's gonna cause quarrels. Now, nobody, Nobody really likes conflict. Uh, we want to avoid it. We want to ignore it. We want to sweep it under the carpet. Uh, you know, usually in a marriage, a skunk marries a turtle. There's two ways to respond to conflict. A skunk, when they get mad, they just stink up the place. They, they, everybody knows they're mad. A turtle pulls into a shell. Skunks always marry turtles. But the fact is, nobody really likes conflict. Quarreling is not comfortable. In fact, it makes us very uncomfortable. But as long as we live on a broken planet, and as long as we all have the freedom of choice to make mistakes, I make them all the time, people are gonna get hurt. So the question that I want us to look at today in James chapter four is the question that James answers. And it is this question, what will help me quarrel less? I want to be quarrelsome. I want to be I want to quarrel less. How can I reduce the frequency of arguments and quarrels in my life? How can I reduce the frequency of quarrels in my marriage? How can I reduce the frequency of quarrels in my family, with my neighbors, at work, and even in my church family? You can have a quarrel in a small group. Now, in these verses, James offers seven helpful insights. And because you're gonna have quarrels the rest of your life, I highly recommend that you print out this outline and you get a pencil and you take notes. Okay, here's the starting point. Step one, we're gonna go straight through this text. Uh, uh, Step one is realize how destructive quarreling is. That's the first step. I gotta realize how destructive quarreling is. Now confession's good for the soul. I have to admit to you, personally, that until I started studying for this message, I didn't realize how much God has to say in the Bible about the subject of quarreling. I literally went from Genesis to Revelation, I studied it all, and I discovered dozens and dozens of examples of quarreling, and I discovered over 75 different teachings about quarreling in the Bible. Did you know that? It's a big deal to God. Now, it's evident that the families in the Bible were no different than our families today because everybody quarreled. The very first two brothers, Cain and Abel, had a quarrel, resulted in a murder. Abraham and Sarah, the husband and wife, quarreled. Jacob and Esau quarreled. Joseph and his brothers quarreled. Abraham and his nephew Lot quarreled with Uncle Abraham. Now, I don't have the time to go through all of the verses that I looked at with you today but I just wanna give you a little flavor of them and show you some of them uh, on the screen. Screen Now, at least six times in the Word of God, God commands us to never quarrel. Did you hear that? Never quarrel, at least six times. Ephesians 4 verse 31 says this, Quarreling, Living Bible, quarreling, harsh words and dislike of others should have no place in your lives. No place. He said, you should never have any quarreling in your life. God says that quarreling is a mark of immaturity. Did you know that? He said, if I quarrel with other people, it means I'm not as mature as I think I am. First Corinthians 3.3 in the Living Bible says this. You are still only baby Christians. You're controlled by your own desires, not God's. And when you're jealous and when you divide into quarreling groups, doesn't that prove you're still babies? Wanting your own way? In fact, you're acting like people who don't even belong to the Lord at all. It says quarreling is a mark of spiritual immaturity. Then God says that people who start quarrels are troublemakers. The book of Proverbs is very rich in verses on this, but Proverbs sixteen twenty-eight says, a devious troublemaker starts quarrels and their gossip separates the closest of friends. He said, if I start quarrels, I'm a devious troublemaker. Now, God also says that if we serve the Lord, like you're serving the Lord, like I'm serving the Lord, we are forbidden to quarrel. As a pastor, I am not allowed to quarrel with anybody. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 24 says this, living, new living, as the Lord's servant, you must never quarrel. You must be kind to everyone, able to teach, and patient with difficult people. That's part of the characteristics of being a pastor, okay? I've got to never quarrel with anybody, kind to everybody, able to teach, and patient with difficult people. By the way, God says that it's my job as your pastor to remind you to not quarrel over politics, no matter who's elected. You say, where is that in the scripture? Well, Paul told this to a pastor named Titus. He wrote two books to pastors, one, or three, one to Timothy, two to Timothy and one to Titus. Titus three, one and two says this. He says to a pastor, remind your people to submit to the government and its officers and they should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not speak evil of anyone and they must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show humility to everybody." Oh my goodness. That's the verse that probably most of us wish wasn't in the Bible, but it's there. And I'm called as a pastor to tell you that. So no matter who gets elected president, they said, you're not supposed to speak evil of them and you're not supposed to quarrel about them. Paul told Timothy, who's another pastor, this, 2 Timothy 2.14, warn believers before God against quarreling about words. Quarreling has no value and it only ruins those who listen to it. (laughs) Quarreling has no value and it only ruins those who listen to it. I'm just going through a little quick rundown of some of these verses because I want you to get how important this is. God says the root of all quarrels is pride. 1 Timothy six, four to five. Listen to this, God's word translation. The conceited person shows that he doesn't understand anything. The conceited person shows that he doesn't understand anything. Rather, he has an unhealthy desire to argue and quarrel about words. This produces jealousy, rivalry, cursing, suspicion, conflict between people whose corrupted minds have been robbed of the truth. Does that sound like our culture today? On the other hand, God also says that staying out of quarrels shows both maturity and character. Proverbs 20, verse three in the message, it's a mark of good character to avert quarrels, but fools love to pick fights. Am I a fool or am I mature? Finally, God says that quarreling can lead to massive destruction like a dam that explodes and unleashes a flood of destruction. Proverbs 17, verse 14. Starting a quarrel, God says, is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before the dispute breaks out. How much damage has been done because a little quarrel escalated into a civil war? Or a World War, or whatever. Notice the verse on your outline. Proverbs eleven twenty nine. Proverbs eleven twenty nine. Living Bible says this: The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. He said that's the destructive power of quarreling. Now that's just a a, a sample of what God has to say about it. But based on these few verses then, James then gives us the steps to reducing quarrels. First, I said, understand how destructive it is. Let me just looked at all those verses. Second, here's the second step. Decide that I wanna change and ask forgiveness. If I really realize I don't wanna be a quarreler anymore, I don't wanna be an arguer anymore, I don't wanna be a fighter anymore. I've I've done that in my life. I'm tired of that. I've seen the destruction and devastation. I don't like that. I want the rest of my life to be different. Then number two, I decide that I wanna change. He said, I'm just not gonna quarrel with people anymore. And I ask God for forgiveness for all the times that I did get hooked and I hooked others. James says what we all know, that we never change until we get fed up with the way we're living or the habit that we've been putting up with or the sin that's in our lives. And uh, you know, it, it starts by getting serious and saying, okay, I'm just not gonna be a quarreling person anymore. I don't wanna be that. I'm gonna ask God to forgive me. I'm gonna ask for the power to change. I don't wanna live that way for the rest of my life. I'm tired of being me, cranky. I'm gonna call it what it is. Quarreling is a sin and I don't like it. I don't like it in me, I don't like it in anybody else, I don't like it what it does to me. So I'm gonna get serious about it and I'm gonna grieve over it and I wanna stop making excuses for it. You might wanna set aside some time this week to confess your part in all the quarrels you've been in and ask God for forgiveness and ask him to give you the power to change. Now here's what he says in this next step, James 4, 8 and 9. Wash your hands of your sins and purify your hearts of your double-minded living. Be sad and sorry and grieve over your actions. Stop laughing at your sin and get serious about it. Now, what's he saying here? He's saying, clean up your act. Be sorry for your self-centeredness. He said, that's where conflict comes from. So don't minimize what happens, take it seriously. He says, wash your hands, that represents our conduct. He says, cleanse your heart, that represents your attitude. He said, you got to first realize how serious this is and how destructive quarreling is in your family and in your business and everywhere else. And he said, then you got to decide, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to ask forgiveness and ask for power. Thanks again for joining us this
0: week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org slash give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or interested in joining a home church, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.